Shane McCafferty, what is your favourite game? Johnny, my favourite game is Burnout 2 Point of Impact. Uh, I grew up in Southern Ireland, like way down the other end of Ireland to, uh, to where you grew up, um, down the other tip in the middle of nowhere in, uh, in a small, tiny uh, village in Waterford. It's on the border between Waterford and Kenny uh, called Sleeveroo. And I was probably the only kid in, uh, in the school who had like a, a computer or who like used his computer. So um, it rained. There's a lot in Southern Ireland, and it's pretty boring uh, if you're not playing soccer. So if I wasn't playing soccer, I was playing games on my on my Spectrum, uh, mm. which is the first computer I ever had. And I don't know why, but the first like second I I I I, I saw the Spectrum or, or or used the Spectrum to play a game, I was just enraptured by it. So my life, my young life, revolved around just soccer. And uh, either playing a game or thinking about a game, and that's all it was. I started then, and then as I grew up, I, I kind of got jobs and whatnot, and got slightly better, slightly better computers. And uh, I, I uh, went to town. I went to school in the big town, Waterford, uh, which is not that big really. Um, but I met other kids who had uh, consoles, which were a kind of a revelation. Like those things loaded really quickly, Johnny. Because uh, like my spectrum was a tape deck, so it, it would only load games if the volume was at a certain, um, uh, a certain, a certain was at like seven point five, and as long as nobody walked down the hallway at the same time or the wind didn't go outside, the games would load like Beachhead would load. Uh, but then when I got met some kids as I was growing up and I discovered consoles, and uh, I remember renting consoles from um, local electronic stores. You could actually rent a, a Mega Drive. Uh, in Waterford I think it cost like something ridiculous like you had to put a hundred pound deposit down or something uh, you got it back if you as long as you returned it but what I remember you brought it home in like a suitcase like a Mission Impossible suitcase and you opened it and you heard music in your head and there was like a Mega Drive inside with like FIFA 90 something or, or, or like rock and roll racing or something and uh, they, they, that was my youth just like waiting a month until I got to like open that suitcase again and uh, play the SNES or the Mega Drive and then like as I as I got older then I just I always just stuck with games making games and playing games and I probably had every console known to man except the current gen for other reasons but, uh, and I do mean every I mean I've had two N-gages I have like four PSPs right now I have a P- uh, Vita TV for God's sake who has one of those? I do. Uh, what do you do? <laughs> I have one just for yeah, Persona but, 4 Golden. I have one only for uh, TX, uh, TXK, uh, the Minter game. That's mm. the only reason I have it. Uh, well, it's just, that's, that's it, really. I've, I've just always been all about like either soccer or, or video games. There's no more to me. Like That's my Venn diagram. That's, that's it. I'm not deep. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, 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 like that's just pure basic Irish life. Yeah. Yeah. Rain and video games. Rain, video games, and football, basically. Yeah, I remember, remember, uh, you, you remember too. Remember the PlayStation um, official magazines where they'd have the demos on the cover? That yeah. was like the highlight of the month, every month. And I get to play the Getaway demo or something. Oh, the, the golden age of OPM demos was the demo that Square put out. Uh, True Crime, Streets of Los Angeles demo, some other some demo I can't even mind, and a demo for basically Zone of the Enders 2. I was just like Golden Era, Golden oh, Era yeah. OPM. <laughs> Wasn't there a Zone of the Era, a Zone of the Enders demo in the Metal Gear Solid disc as well, I think? Uh, that was for one, yeah. Hey, I think there was something. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Metal, a Metal, the Metal Gear Solid 2 demo was in Zone of the Enders 1. Yeah, that, that that went on for a while. Like games came with demos. Like I I I was dipping into some old games recently, some Xbox games, and mm. sure enough, there in the main menu was you know demos. I think I was playing Halo or something. I don't know what it was, but it had like a fusion frenzy demo in it. Mm. Just bonkers, like you know, and that then, these days. And 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 then you would have the Halo Free multiplayer beta included with Crackdown. Well, yeah, yeah, I bought Crackdown for that. <laughs> well, actually. Actually, Crackdown was freaking good. No, it was. It was. Yeah. It's, it was Crackdown genuinely was one of those times where actually putting a demo in a game worked to Crackdown sort of uh, favor. Not so much two, three, or four, but like one. Yeah. yeah. We, we don't talk about them. But uh, yeah, no, one was, I, I remember my my, uh, my message tone for ages was the uh, the orb noise. I got all, I found all those orbs in, in Crackdown. I remember, like, I, I, Crackdown for me is associated with my my first child because when she slept, uh, I didn't want to move her, so she would be asleep on the ground in, in a little kind of rocky chair, and I'd be playing Crackdown looking for orbs. <laughs> so, also, I don't know why I referenced four in regards to Crackdown. There's only been three games. I don't know why I basically look back and think, oh, there's been four Crackdown games. No, there's been three. And we should be thankful there's only been three. Although, to be fair, two gets a lot right. more stick than it deserves. Three definitely deserves stick it deserves. Yeah. Two, two is It just feels like... Yeah. It feels like there was four. Yeah, it, <laughs> it, it just feels like there was four. It just feels like... I think it's probably because Crackdown 3 was sort of seen as two games, basically one being the single player and the other being the sort of multiplayer bombastic effort, but... Eh. Yeah, with the crazy cool tech. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Anyway, it went away anyway. God love mm. me. Yeah, oh, so uh, did I, I think that answered that. that that's, yeah, I just always, I've always been about video games. Like every morning when I wake up, um, even now I'm like 45, like uh, every Fuck morning. Fuck off, up, you're not 45. Uh, I am, thank you. Uh, that's, that's, I think that's, yeah, that's good. Thank you. I, I know I don't look 45, like, but I am 45. Jesus so, Christ. Which you... means you're. I mean, you're like, what, 42, 43? <laughs> I know you're not. No. I've always been old, Johnny. Now I'm just older than you. But mm. uh, in the morning when I wake up, like, uh, the first thing I think of is using some sort of a game thing. Mm. And, uh, and when I go to bed, before I go to bed every night, I usually turn off something that I've been playing. So mm. I don't think I'm going to grow out of it at this point. I don't think so. Mm. No, that's that's a, that's a good line. That's a good line, especially for a trailer. <laughs> I was in the small town uh, in Ireland, and and there wasn't really any decent game shops. Well, there was one or two, but uh, I think the game the games are out of my price range, mm. which was like two pounds. 
or uh, <laughs> shout out to Extravision. It, that was before Extravision, Johnny. Oh, uh, fuck. it was it was uh, it was no Extravision then. It was like a teleport computers was the first uh, computer place in Waterford, and they sold like digital cameras and computers. <laughs> they had a whole wall full of uh, uh, Spectrum games. They were budget games. They were like all oh, one ninety nine or something like that. But they're all out of my price range because uh, I I never had any money. So um, with the Spectrum, you got like a a really cool manual, which taught you how to code in BASIC. Uh, in them days, like when you got a computer, you got manuals with it that taught you how to use some stuff, like how to use the um, word processor. Who cares? But also how to code in BASIC. And in that like magical little book, there was actually stuff you could type in to make like a breakout game was one and uh, I think it was a pong game too and uh, that was pretty freaking cool to discover that I could actually screw buying games I could like try and make some and then I got like football manager one year and uh, while it was loading I pressed some key combination by accident which crashed it but the way it crashed it it let me into the code so I could see all the code for football manager and that was all written in basic. So I could actually understand um, almost all of it. So that was like, I didn't sleep that whole night. I was just reading that code and, uh, and, and, and tweaking it and stuff. So I was, you know, I, I had like Pele on my Sheffield Wednesday team and stuff um, and all, all, all that kind of stuff. But that like opened a whole world of coding for me. I never really stopped making games then. Making games is a, uh, is better than playing games. Um, like I'll take, I'll take making a game over burnout too. Even uh, if if I was put to it, like um, it sounds cheesy, but uh, making the games is the is the greatest game of all. Uh, I firmly believe in that. Um, but so I, I kept coding, like, and then it got easier as you got older. Like I got a Spectrum, uh, not a Spectrum, sorry, an Atari ST after Spectrum, and that came with like more kind of robust tools for for coding. So I was able to like easier make better games uh, I got like a piece of software called STOS um, I can't remember what it stands for it was just a kind of semi-basic way uh, of writing games on Atari ST so you were able to make like actual decent platformers and stuff out of it so I made those and I actually I got a game published on the Atari ST then uh, when I was like very young uh, I made like a, um, a game called Oops I think it was called Oops. It was called Oops. It had like a mascot and everything. And and um, I think it got published because like uh, I like to like the you I, I like making a whole product like so even then I had like start menus and pause menus and levels and shit and, and an end of the start. So that probably stood it out from most people's um, just like ideas. So that got published and then eventually I went I went off to um to college to learn about computers there was no then there was no you couldn't go to college to learn to be a game developer because there was no just thing it wasn't a real job uh, <laughs> i would have known so i went to college for that for a little while and then then it got lost for like 10 years <laughs> i didn't have a console for like 10 years uh or anything at all like i i just went uh, i traveled around the world and i learned to play guitar and i played in bands and stuff and and uh, uh, I was a wine taster for a little while in Canada. Uh, I met my wife. And eventually, 
games just kind of came back and they've been back ever since. And I went back to college to learn how to do stuff properly. And uh, I just kind of got better at making games and I'm still doing it. Hmm. It's like an abridged version of like a stumbling through life. That's probably the best way to describe it. <laughs> Um, and for so I should actually also admit for, for the sake of full disclosure, Shane, uh, yeah. back in the day when I was at Fiji 24 7, helped develop um, the website's iOS app. So I like, I remember like you sending me like yeah. pre, uh, early versions of the app basically because you were just basically experimenting as well, wasn't it? Yeah, I was working in uh, America Online AOL. <laughs> Uh, I had a job training people how to fix computers mm. and, uh, and, and uh, the iOS, the iPhone game. And they had like an, an SDK that you could download for free and you could um, make stuff. So I was doing that in my spare time. And uh, it turned out that like doing that was kind of scratched uh, my programming itch. So I loved Eurogamer. Um, the forum, like, because when you're working in a call center like I was working, you, you kind of find a place to uh, to exist during the day so you don't go crazy. And my place to exist during the day so I didn't go crazy was the Eurogamer forum. Uh, that saved me from insanity at the time. And they needed, uh, they wanted an app and, and I could I could make an app. So I made like a, a, a demo app and I sent, I sent it to Rupert and the Eurogamer people. And they could not have been nicer. There's no like, there's nothing they could have done nicer or more better or more friendlier along the whole way. Uh, I ended up making their app. Met you then through that. I made the games industry.biz app and videogamer.com app, different company, but same kind of thing. Made the Pada VG247 app. Jesus, and there was a Nintendo Life one for a while. For a while there, I had like the video game website app cornered <laughs> just by accident <laughs> just by pure accident and 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 eventually i, I left the, the aol and i started doing the app stuff full-time the ios gaming stuff full-time mm. all from that like if rupert hadn't been so nice and let me do the uh the Eurogamer app and i i wouldn't i wouldn't be where i am today i don't mm. know like to during the course of your life like you meet about like five or six people like and and uh, they, they kind of you bounce off them and you go a different direction. Like they, they hadn't been there, um, and sometimes they don't even know they were that person. Like if they hadn't been there, their life would have been totally different. Uh, he, him being so nice was definitely one of those people in my life for sure. Hmm. Um, and then after all the iOS stuff, you're now doing Rocket Ship Park and Love. I am, yeah. Um, iOS stuff. Uh, went well for like a long time but then uh how do i put this politely the arse fell out of the mobile industry <laughs> basically uh so uh and i got bored actually of uh of making games just on ios because like i was a dumbass like for years i made games that just ran on ios i didn't use unity or um or any other engine like i used my own engine on ios which was stupid um i thought it was clever but it was stupid because it meant I could only release my games on iOS. So since then, I've learned and copped on, and I, I now make my games in, in, in Unity, mostly. And then now, so those games run all over the place. So since then, I've, I've had a few games out on Windows and Android. And 
uh, Switch and some other other console games are coming too. So I'm all over the place now. I'm, I'm spread. Um, I'm almost fully moved away from mobile and onto big buy platforms. But it's been fun. It's crazy. It's crazy cool when you finally make a console game after you know 20, 30 years of buying console games. It mm. it'll never go away. Like that was that was pretty cool. <laughs> I just wish it was a boxed one. I love to make a boxed one someday <laughs> before before boxes go away, you know. Just just the sort of physical sort of yeah. element of oh look, this thing I made, it's in a box now. It's in a freaking box. Yeah, I can put it on a shelf. Uh, it's in a box. Like the the little, it's stupid things like like the little Nintendo uh, Switch logo animation before like the Love Trailer was like nobody else knows it. And I'm like every time I see it, I'm like, oh, this that's that's my game. And that's like a Nintendo logo before it. That's 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 sort of like a split second of serotonin right there. Just because like, ah, that's yeah. my game before after the Nintendo Switch logo. That's yeah, it's like it's like I've tricked all these people into letting me do this. But that's it, that's what it feels like, you know? It does it doesn't feel real. Nobody can really understand it. And now the only thing left is just put out a box release, but you won't be able to do it in Extravision or Chartbusters. Remember, Chartbusters. No, I won't have Chartbusters and Extravision. Uh, I won't have a wall of them in Extravision uh, next to the new releases. I guess I could fake it. I, I guess I could uh, I could mock up a box. And who's going to know it's not real? Eh. Well, uh, uh, anybody who listens to this, maybe. <laughs> Live out your dreams, Shane. Live out your dreams. I'll make a wall of them, Johnny. Whole freaking room of them. <laughs> and here's uh here's love on uh cd32 here's love on the 3do yep <laughs> playstation one playstation two just groove nuts yeah cross platform all over <laughs> yeah Let's touch upon your favorite game, which is Burnout 2, Point of Impact, um, which I am somewhat a little bit surprised by, but we'll, we'll get that out in a minute. First, like, um, let's touch upon before Burnout 2, which was Burnout 1. Um, yeah. What did you think of it? I remember well. I remember. Um, I'm an Edge subscriber for Jesus decades now, I guess. Um, and I remember the cover of Edge magazine. And the cover of Edge magazine had uh, like a still, or not a still, a mock-up uh, of a new driving game called Burnout. And it was from Criterion, like it was the, I guess they were showing off the renderware engine. I think they'd just done Airblade at the time. I think that was the name of the one that came out before. And I don't know why, but Jesus, it looked amazing. And uh, Edge gave it a good preview. And then I raced to... Um, uh, the video store to buy it when it came out and uh, I played it to death uh, on my PlayStation 2 uh, it was a great game it wasn't it's not um, you know it was a start of something uh, it, it was really smooth it looked really good at the time uh, it had 
it had some magic there, but you could see it wasn't polished yet. Uh, you could drive on the wrong side of the road to build up your boost, which was a new thing. Uh, it wasn't dialed in enough yet. Like it took an awful lot of work to build up a boost, but the bits were there and it was a good game. Uh, I remember the soundtrack, which wasn't licensed branding. Like it was just a catchy soundtrack. And uh, I played it again recently um, on Xbox and also GameCube, actually. I think it was GameCube I played it on recently. Yeah, I think they ported that to GameCube. And it was uh, still good. Still good. You could see it. Like uh, Recently, when I knew it was coming on this, I decided to play all the Burnout games. So I sounded like I knew what I was talking about. But I played them all from start to finish and, and Burnout. Burnout is still good, the first one, for sure. Bloody hard, but um, still good. You say, uh, like you say, it's bloody hard. Like, like that's that's sort of what I remember about Burnout One anyway, and Burnout Two. Like, they were very difficult games anyway. Like, I don't know if you had, I can't remember if you had too much of a choice in regards to difficulty anyway. No, you did. You had no choice in regards to difficulty. I don't think any of the Burnout games have like a, a difficulty slider or anything like that. Hmm. No, he didn't. But Burnout, Burnout, uh, Burnout One was definitely too hard, and hmm. um, Burnout Two wasn't as hard. Uh, but it, it did well. I think they just—I um, don't know exactly now, but there's there's great stories you can find on the web about how Burnout was born. Uh, Alex Ward, I think his name, talking about it, um, about the red car, which is the red car on the road, and then somebody told him they should let the car drive on the other side of the road. And build up boost and it was a it was a revelation and so a series was born but there's lots of cool stories about burnout hmm. um so on burnout 2 then um yep. why why specifically burnout 2 because like you say that burnout one was just basically the start of something but it was also somewhat like it wasn't as polished as um burnout one wasn't as polished as it maybe could or should have been but burnout 2 it like feels like sort of an iteration of what came before with Burnout One, but only just an iteration. Whereas obviously, future games afterwards, and we'll touch upon those future games in good detail in a bit. But like um, Burnout Two, like it feels like just basically a simple iteration on one. Like so, why specifically two as your favorite game? Yeah, it's a fair question. Um, I can probably explain it easier if I say. I'm an arcade racer fan. I love arcade racers. It's my favorite genre of game. And by arcade racer, I mean a racing game in an arcade. And uh, uh, Burnout 2, in my opinion, was the greatest arcade racer ever made. Uh, Burnout 3, we'll get back to Burnout 3, but that, that, wouldn't, that wouldn't work in an arcade. And um, that's kind of why I favor Burnout 2. So like Burnout 2, it looked quite a bit better and when you put them side by side it looks quite a bit better than burnout one like it's it's, it's a big evolution burnout one in in all the ways in graphically it, it's way ahead uh, if you play them side by side sonically it's also way ahead if you put them side by side and um, gameplay wise game design wise it feels ahead it's not even close and also it controls everything is better and everything is better it's just it's just there's nothing wrong with that game um it's hard to talk about it like so when and it's a personal thing as well because uh, at the time i was working in aol and they had like a 
in the canteen, they had like a stand-up PlayStation um, cabinet, which was like an arcade machine, but there was a PS2 inside and they had Burnout 2 in there. So I went there like for sanity. If ever I was going to kill anybody, I'd go there and play some Burnout, Burnout 2. And I got to a point where like I never ninja the game before or, or since, but I was a Burnout 2 ninja. Like there was nobody in the like 800 call center of staff who could come close to me. I could win all the races chaining from start to finish burnouts. Like just, there was, I was the total ninja of burnout. I was at one with that game. I still am. Um, but the reason why I like it best, and I know it's probably hard to, to, uh, hard to uh, make sense of from like a, a review point of view or from like a maybe logical point of view is that it's an arcade racer that game could be in a freaking arcade uh, and it's in your house. You're looking at it. You're playing on your big screen and it's in your freaking house. Uh, Burnout 3, when it came, was a bloody good game. But it just, it was more of a console arcade racer. It had some other sensibilities to it. Uh, and I loved it too. Since played it many, many times since. Finished it many, many times since. But it just wasn't the arcade racer that Burnout 2 was. Hmm. So, I'm sure a lot of the people you talked on this podcast, their favorite games aren't necessarily the best game ever played. There's hmm. a difference, you know. Hmm. Uh, Burnout Two is not the best game I've ever played in any of the categories, but it's certainly my favorite game. Hmm. And I, I think yeah. we should like. Uh, so it's worth noting that we're recording this on what is actually the seventh anniversary of the first episode of my favorite game coming out, and. Uh, the thing is, um, I always make it a point of uh, getting people to talk about their favorite game. Um, not necessarily the game that they think is the best of all time. There is a distinct difference between what you think is the best game yeah. of all time. And sometimes that can be their favorite game. And that's fair yeah. enough. But there's a difference between what is the best game of all time and the point of all this po- this podcast for the past seven yeah. years or so, what is your favorite game? There is a somewhat difference between the two of you, and I, I, between the two of them, I think you sort of nailed it on the head. Because, like, like you say, Burnout Two may not be the best game ever made, but it is, like you say, your favorite game for those seminal reasons that you mentioned, like playing Burnout Two in an AOL call center, and just basically owning the hell out of everyone there. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I didn't. I never owned a hell out of anyone and anything else before or since. Um, it just, it, it's not just that. Like it, has an, it owns an emotional part of my psyche and my body. Uh, when I boot it up to play it again, like I did last week here, um, I'm smiling just when I hear the freaking music. It was my ringtone on my phone for ages. Um, I can't explain it. <laughs> the, the soundtrack on Tree is probably better, arguably. Well, not even arguably, it is better. Mm. Uh, <laughs> you know? Um, something about that game, Johnny. The reason I also say this is because um, I I've not played a whole lot of one and two. Free and was sort of my gateway into the series. Which again, we'll talk of free and all that in a minute. But like, um, I have played a, a, t- a tiny wee bit of Burnout Two, not a whole lot, but a tiny wee bit. But I know obviously enough of it to sort of talk of it um, a bit at length anyway and so 
let, let, let's touch upon then uh, a bit more detail on, uh, of Burnout 2 because like I say there's a it feels like a re, uh, sort of iteration a little bit on Burnout 1 but like there was like to be fair there was a lot of new stuff added into Burnout 2 anyway like brand new obviously brand new modes brand, brand new cars and all that there like but the main one I sort of want to talk about was the inclusion of crash mode um, yeah that that this the 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 sort of mode that was has well has actually been seen sort of as the de facto sort of number two mode in the game now or in the series now um alongside the racing aspect of it anyway like that that was sort of burnout two sort of big party trick anyway yeah it was um i played ahead of a lot of that with friends and yeah, passed the control around uh in, in one there was no crash mode but you could see where the idea was percolating because in one when you crashed it, it it told you how much every crash you made in the race it told you how much it cost to fix um mm. when you crashed in normal single player campaigns in single player races you can see the you can see the the embryo of an idea there which ended up being flat out crash mode in uh, in burnout two and beyond yeah crash mode was 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 great but it, it wasn't my um i played a hell of a lot of crash mode but Mostly, it was just a it, it was a single player racing for me that uh, that, that that drew me into it. Mm. Or no two anyway. And Crash Mode got better, uh, and kind of Crash Mode got better, I guess, in three, and then in four, Crash Mode kind of lost a bit of the magic when they added too much to it. It became a bit too hokey, um, if I remember correctly. It was in four, but then yeah. Mm. Um, and also as well, Burnout to like like. Burnout um and with crash mode like um it feels a lot more puzzly. There's a puzzle element yeah. to it as well. Yeah, it's a puzzle game. Uh, crash mode's a puzzle game. It's mm. a flat out puzzle game. Um, it, it it gives you the flyby and gives you clues as to the car you need to hit and the way you should hit it. Yeah, it's just it's it, it's 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 a flat out puzzle game. Like that's that's what crash mode is and always always has been. Um, that's why um. You don't need arcade racing skills to play it. That's why you can play it with your, with your little sister or your ma, your dad, like like I would have done. Mm. Um, I think what's really interesting about Burnout Two as well is that it is like you say an arcade racer, but like when you think of arcade racers, you think of oh, you're you're racing around these tracks and all that. There, Burnout Two basically has this mode that's also included now. That's basically sprint, basically point to point. And yeah. where you're just basically racing from one place to another from A to B. And that's sort of, I'm not saying this is a criticism, a criticism, but I'm just sort of pointing out sort of maybe I'm being pedantic here in terms of ter- terminology, but like, it's definitely, what's, what's the word? Uh, like as a result of that, it feels less, you may, you may disagree with me here, but it feels less arcadey as a result. For next two. Because it because it has like point to point races, mm-hmm. yeah, it does. It has a there's laps in Burnout too. There's laps. In oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, still there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the, the, the laps are there. Yeah, I wouldn't say that. That's a. I wouldn't say that's a fair criticism, Johnny. <laughs> you're not going to be able to. Um, I I did say well. I was being pedantic here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? Uh, uh, I remember uh, I, I was probably really annoying at the time because I was like someone who wanted to be a game designer and, and who wouldn't stop playing this game. Like if you came around to my house drunk at, after a disco, 
sorry, disco, nightclub. I guess disco is aging me. Uh, if you came around after disco, like I'd force you to play burnout probably. And uh, I remember one night being incredibly drunk and forcing people to look at the tarmac texture in burnout too, because it was wonderful, Johnny. The problem <laughs> telling you shut the fuck up about the tarmac and play the fucking oh, game. They were like, it's not this, it's not, you don't live with that guy. They had the burnout too, guy. <laughs> that, was, that was me. And I'm like, look, it blooms. The sun is melting off the tarmac. Can't you see the beauty? Where, where are you going? Where are you going? Come back. No, I, want tell you about, I want to tell you about the sort of tickles about what's in you the environment. Come on. The lighting. Yeah. Hey, so, yeah, that was, uh, that was me. Sorry about that. So it's a wonder I, I managed to find a partner at all. <laughs> it's, it's, Actually, it's, uh, 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 my partner was there when I was playing Burnout uh, uh, One when I was re- or one when I was replaying it on a PlayStation Two, and uh, she knew I was obsessed by it. And then one day she turned off the PlayStation Two while it was um, saving, and I lost <gasps> Burnout save. But you know, you just you said like you know how hard Burnout One was. Uh, so and I didn't like. I didn't, nothing went wrong, like, but I, I was pretty freaking devastated. And I, I remember I just like sat there on a stool in front of the telly, uh, started it again. And like, I didn't move until I got back to where I was. And I remember she just brought me over like a cup of tea two hours later and just like stood beside me. Let's <laughs> get back to where I was. She, she knew the error of ways. Like, um, like I, I, I didn't take that long, but I got back to where I was. But that was, that was by far my worst save situation. <laughs> I knew I loved her then, Johnny, because because it was okay that she'd leave my burnout safe. <laughs> <laughs> she she subsequently found out don't don't fuck with someone save basically. Turn it off for God's sake! Don't turn it off when the little thing is spinning around. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I know it happened back. like ages ago, but I still have to feel it. I feel like yeah. I still have to give condolences for that. I was I was nearly finished. I was almost finished the fucking thing. Oh, that, that I feel that makes yeah. it worse. If it was like yeah. close to the beginning or somewhere around now, like no, no, so I, had to, I had the extra cars unlocked, and there was a bush you could unlock too. I had that unlocked. Go get it all again. And that game wasn't just hard. That game was plain unfair at times. Like I, I had a fear of like white transit vans for years because fuckers would jump out of corners at you. Like they'd wait <laughs> at the last corner. So yeah, yeah. Oh Sorry, Johnny. God. You know you, you don't deserve uh, to be my therapy. <laughs> See, you seem nice. <laughs> I I will be invoicing you when we're done. Yeah. I'll, I'll be able to uh, walk by a white transit van uh, and not be upset after this this podcast. <laughs> Um. Anyway, burnout to itself. Um. I think that the interesting point you mentioned is that burnout two can absolutely coexist. Not coexist, but like it. Basically, put if you walked into uh, an arcade in the early nineties, early two thousands, even. Um, yeah, you could easily see that game actually being part of an arcade it's not just an arcade racer in name it is a literal arcade racer where you would go and sit down and play the game in a sort of cabinet sort of type thing that you would like um uh 
I'll give one example, like the arcade version of Need for Speed Carbon. Um, there might be other examples, better examples, but Need for Speed Carbon sort of stands out because there is a Need for Speed Carbon arcade cabinet. Um, yeah. And Mario Kart as well, stuff like that there, etc. And the, yeah. oh, oh God, all the crappy Fast and Furious ones. But basically... Um, it's a made... grid one too, you know. Hmm? Uh, Codemasters actually put out a grid one. Oh, they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember yeah, that. Yeah, they did. Uh, it's pretty rare, but I've seen it around. Um, and then obviously all the Sega ones with Sega Rally, Daytona, and do you remember Daytona. Sega? Do you remember Sega putting out a cabinet for Sega Touring Car Championship? Yeah, 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 I do. Uh, those Sega games were magic. Uh, my second favorite game, if there was a follow-up podcast, would be Daytona Two. Um. That's my second favorite game. So I'm a big Sega Sega fan too. So that that outrun cabinet could could sit happily beside your or between your Daytona two cabinet and your Sega Rally cabinet, and that, that's why I love it. Mm. Um, the the reason I say that is because obviously, like like you say, burn two, you can't easily coexist in a cabinet. Um, why do you think it, it feels so suited for an arcade? Yeah, that's a good question. Like. I think it's the tone, like the, the tone of it, how fast it is. Like, it's hard to put a finger on it. Like the, the controls, like the, the whole tone and feeling of the game is kind of immediate and um, just let's get, let's get down to do some racing. There's no, and there is a story at the start, but it's, it's, it's not as, you know, um, uh, overblown as the, 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 I guess maybe we'll mention DJ Striker and shit later on. Uh, it just, I don't know, it just feels like it belongs in an arcade and it's immediacy and the races are, are not as long as the, the races in Burnout 3 are much, much longer than the races in Burnout 2, uh, noticeably so. And uh, that kind of takes away from the immediacy of it, I think. I don't know. There's a culmination of things on it to just make it feel that way. Did you ever play, so you've played, so you've obviously played the PS2 version, you played the GameCube version. Did you ever play the original Xbox version? Yeah, I played them all. Uh, I own them all. I own two Xbox ones, uh, one PlayStation one and a GameCube one. I own it on, um, yeah, I own it wherever it is. <laughs> I, own two, I own all the burnouts, Johnny. So you, um, like most of them more than once, even the PSP one. Yeah, I have no. a burnout problem. No, I mean specifically Burnout Two on Xbox anyway, because like that's basically yeah. um, uh, that basically came out like a year after the PS2 yeah. version. Oh, well, the GameCube version did as well, but like the Xbox version anyway. Like it was basically like a director's cut anyway, but it also it, there was not a whole lot of differences added to it. Like it was basically new car skins and just new junctions for crash, but like it was yeah. It also had like a leaderboard for Xbox Live Arcade, or not Xbox Live Arcade, just basically Xbox Live in general. Um, uh-huh. Like, did you sort of take advantage of that? No, because I didn't have the broadbands uh, because of the country and the place I was living in. Uh, I didn't have usable broadband. Uh, you should know you're you're from the same country I am. Uh, it wasn't well, maybe maybe you'd better broadband up there. Um, I, I I didn't like at no point during the Xbox's life was uh was Xbox Live a, 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 a an option for me. Mm. I, I would have liked it, but mm. like I, at least with us, like the one good thing about the Brits is that they actually gave us good broadband. <laughs> Can we really say that about Aircom? Was it the BT? It was BT. It was BT. Yeah, it was. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. Well, 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 also, that my parents only recently got decent broadband. Uh, mm. Like, is <laughs> they're in, in Sleeve Rue. They only recently stopped using a like a three G dongle. Mm, Jesus, that that is that is that's as close to the Stone Age as you can get outside of dial-up. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, the the original Xbox Live did work on dial-up. Um, well, work like in inverted commas, but it, it it did it did allow dial-up. I think I remember those, I remember to getting the demo disc for it, but I couldn't use it. I think MotoGP was on it. There was something else on it. Getting all those games to work on a uh, on dial-up Xbox Live original was a miracle of engineering. I don't know how they ever they ever managed to do it. There's a few good books about it, like Dean Takahashi or whatever his name is. Book yeah. About the birth of the Xbox is a great book. There's a couple of great books around that time. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's let's touch on uh, then everything that came after too. And this is where I can sort of broadly speak a bit more about Burn It because, like, like I said, I've only played a tiny wee bit of two and I've yeah. not played one and all but from free onwards i can sort of t- talk with a lot more 40 because like free is for me one of the best arcade racing games of all time one of the best racing games full stop like regardless of the arcade definition or not like it is for me one of the best racing games of all time and i think that's a lot down to how much the gameplay has improved the soundtrack that you alluded to earlier france ferdinand bon blondies ash etc um well takedowns introduced and burn it free and yeah. like being so fucking satisfying i would try and gold medal every road rage event that was available because like there's something so cathartic about getting so many takedowns and sort of extending the clock by five or ten seconds or so and just going <laughs> The, the the best way I can sort of describe that is just sort of anytime you're sort of driving you're doing you're doing tickets you go da 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 that sort of cuff catharsisism in a bit. Um and then burnout revenge. I'm gonna say something very controversial. I do not like burnout revenge. I do not think it was a good game. Oh no, 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 that's a bit harsh. I don't say I don't that's harsh. That's harsh, that's harsh, but I don't like burnout revenge. But I agree. But I agree. I don't uh, either. Um, it's the weakest. It's the weakest. Yes. That that's probably yeah, a good yeah. way to say it. I wouldn't say I, I agree with that. That like, yeah, saying it's a bad game is yeah. very harsh. And that, like, like that's sort yeah. of me sort of uh judging uh rushing the judgment. But I do think it is the worst of the lot anyway. Um and Paradise, I have so many fond memories of burnout uh paradise um especially online especially with the demo the, like it wasn't even a bit it was a full-on straight-up demo that you could play um before the game came out and i would play it with friends on the playstation forum back in the late 2007 early 2008 just sort of on the beach trying to get the jumps sort of done yeah. and the barrel rolls and all that there it was just like and when the full, full game came out, I think January 2008, like it's just oh, what you just heard there, listener, was just a sort of remembering, just a sort of nostalgic, happy sigh of me sort of pondering back on Burnout Paradise and listening to 
LCD sound system and Avril Lavigne just and Soundgarden just basically being yeah. the soundtrack to that entire game and Junkie XL yeah. as well. Um, but anyway, digressing massively from the point. Um, yeah, like talk, me, like talk to me about how you sort of saw the series after two and all. Well, I think Burnout Tree, uh, your your views on Burnout Tree are fair. Uh, Burnout Tree is a wonderful, amazing game. Um, it's one of the best arcade races of all time. One of the top two, three arcade races of all time. Uh, just didn't, just didn't quite be two for me, but for most people it would have. Uh, they upped their game in a big way. Graphics are stunning. It did. They're different style graphics. Like they're, they mm. definitely changed the tone of it. Um, probably, I mean, Burnout Two when you're when you're going fast, it's really quite crisp. And Burnout 3, when you're going fast, there's a lot of post-processing going on. There's a lot of blurring around the edges and stuff. It feels like you're going faster. Mm. Um, it feels like, you know, that that two-inch circle at the middle of the screen that you're always looking at when you're playing Burnout? That got smaller. But Burnout 3, just a touch. Uh, they upped their sound game. Oh, my God, that game sounded good if you had the proper sound system. Uh, when you were boosting, it felt like a freaking airplane was uh, mm. was going particularly on the Xbox version, the Xbox uh, 360 version. Mm. Ooh, that was good. Um, that was a great game. I finished that game many times too. Soundtrack was nice. I hated the DJ at the start. I hated it. <laughs> but maybe it was because, I mean, I kind of knew what I was doing at that point and I kind of resented that they made you do the tutorial. You couldn't skip it, mm. which is daft. Uh, Crash was better too in that. Uh, but you're right when you talked about Burnout 4, Revenge. It was Revenge. It did lose. They did drop the ball a little mm. bit. But I think they dropped the ball because they just had too many balls. Like they just, they perfected. What else was there to add, you know? Mm. I mean, so they ended up adding, um, what did they call it? Cross checking. And uh, not takedowns, you know, when you can, you can, you can hit cars. Yeah, cra- yeah, 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 cra- yeah. I know exactly yeah. what you're on about. Like yeah. to be fair, Which... it's it's been a lot longer for me to play Burnout for, uh, Revenge than it has been for Burnout Free or Burnout Paradise because Paradise I've played a lot more recently, especially with the yeah. remaster and Free. I I play every now and then, every at least once a year or something. And um, whereas Revenge, I have not played in. Fuck knows how long it's been at this point. I want, I want to say at least eight, nine years. Yeah, well, it's I wouldn't bother. Uh, no. It's it's not it's not in the same thing. And and I mentioned that that checking because I think that's the single thing that broke it the most. Mm. Um, all all the time it was a risk reward. You're driving the wrong way or hitting cars, and now all of a sudden you could hit cars in certain scenarios, or quite a lot of scenarios. And it just, it just broke it. It just took a little something away, which made the cake not as nice. Yeah. Um, there was, there then, was, there was no risk, and but all the yeah. reward, and that meant made the reward feel a lot less meaningful visceral. as a result. Meaning, meaning, it was a lot less uh, risky and visceral driving the other side of the road or, or, mm. or pressing the boost button. Like you got away with stuff you would never have got away with before. Uh, but you're right then. Then they made another one of their master strokes, Paradise. 
Oh my God, everything you said is true. Paradise was one hell of a game and still is one hell of a game. Those remasters are good. Oh, yeah, they absolutely um, are. I, I played the PC one again recently. Because I, I got like a I got a, I got a newer PC, so I wanted to see what uh, what what would what would look and run like on my new PC, and uh, and I ended up like putting ten hours into it. Um, but the when it first came out on three sixty, was it three sixty? I guess it was three sixty. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, three sixty um, PS three. Yeah, yeah. So I, I put over hundred hours into that thing, like the online with friends, Eurogamer friends, just farting around, you know, at night, getting the challenges, and like you say, um doing the stunts and whatnot um i'd say if you were to kidnap me throw me in the back of a car and roll me out somewhere in paradise city i'd be able to find my way to any of those destinations you want to me to go because <laughs> i'm so familiar with that city yeah yeah, yeah that's a sign of a great game yeah. great world building i think i think the best way to sort of describe paradise is it feels Actually, I think this also sort of feels like why Revenge is not as good as Free or Paradise. Because at least with 2 through the 3, there is such a significant jump in how much is improved in that game. Like you said, the presentation is a massive jump from 2 to 3. There's the soundtrack that's incredible. There's gameplay and mode enhancements that make it, for me, one of the best racing games that's ever been made. Um and and Paradise, the jump from Revenge to Paradise, the, the the most immediate jump is the open world aspect and how you just seamlessly get together with friends, no problem, and all that there. And plus, just basically maintaining that excellent gameplay of free, basically, and no sort of um, what was it you referred to within Revenge? That sort uh the sort of uh no structure, yeah. Like the structure and the sort of um, in terms of revenge stuff. Like, what was the thing you mentioned in regards to the cars? I can't mind. Oh, the the, the um the, the, uh, the what, what's it called takedown. What was it? Crash check, cross check. Cross check. That's it. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Um, like there was none of that at all. Like, nope. If you if you had a car on the opposite end, car, uh, opposite lane or in the same lane that you're in, basically, like that was it. You were able to. You were not able to have your cake and eat it, basically. Like there was a lot more risk and reward yep. that time. Um, um, and I guess really what I'm trying to get at is just I lost my train of thought, so I, I don't actually know what I was gonna try and get to. But I think the point <laughs> is um at least with um like there's been a massive jump. In every game, at least from one to two to three, but not revenge. It's only when we get from revenge to paradise that there's a massive jump, but there's no big massive jump in revenge. And I think that's sort of why it's... Do you know what, Johnny? I wonder what the gap was between revenge and paradise. I wonder if behind the scenes, they weren't just thinking about paradise all the way through revenge, you know? Or, Or the best people weren't just working on Paradise all the way through Revenge's development. And that's why Revenge kind of got, you know, was the weaker it, of, of all of them. I think it was around that time Criterion first made a pitch for Need for Speed. So you may be on something here. It felt like that. Uh, it felt like that their mind was elsewhere. And as it turned out, it was. It was, it was, it was Paradise. Hmm. Somebody said, hey, you, you can have the, uh, you can make a game called Burnout Paradise and 
and also be able to afford the freaking Guns N' Roses song <laughs> on your soundtrack. So why wouldn't you? Of course, you'd be thinking about something else. Um, yeah, and then what, what happened uh, where Criterion went after that is a, is a different story altogether. Mm. Um, with, with, uh, with, with kind of really interesting uh, um, uh, more recent developments too like those, those guys are mostly all back together again mm. um, I think it's Three Fields Entertainment I think they're called I hope I don't get that wrong Yeah, uh, they made the Dangerous Golf Game and Dangerous Driving and they made they're making Dangerous Driving too now mm. I'm waiting on that and yeah. that's a really interesting game to play if you, if you play it because you can you can you can sense, you can smell, you can see, you can feel the burnout in there, for sure. Hmm. Um. And, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I I get the sense that when Alex Ward and um, Fiona Sperry yeah. left Criterion to sort of help find Freefields Entertainment, they sort of wanted to build a sort of cri- uh, no, it's Criterion um, burnout spiritual successor. Um. And Dangerous Driving, I think, is sort of the first step in that regard. I don't know if I would say I was sort of taken with the first Dangerous Driving game, but I get, I absolutely get oh, yeah. where they were no, going. No, it's, uh, it, it's, not, it's not great. Um, the golf game was, was okay. Then they brought out like, Danger Zone or something. I cannot remember the name of it, but it was, not, it was a, car, uh, a car game. And then more recently, they've got Dangerous Driving. And it's not a great game, um, but you can see them evolving. Just like Burnout 1 probably wasn't a great game. You, you can see them evolving into something greater and better. Um, mm. I have high hopes for, for Dangerous Driving 2. Mm. Um, they're a tiny team, so it's not realistic for us, for me or you, to expect revenge or, 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 or paradise out, out of that tiny team. But it is realistic um, for me and you to maybe expect a two or a three out of them. Mm. Uh, which we, which you might get if you give them the time. Uh, yeah, somebody's given them the time. It looks like they're funded. Um, I think they've made it through the pandemic. Uh, it's still, it's still due to be released too. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what comes out of here. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like I think, like you say, there is sort of that evolution on. Um, da, 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 there's a sort of evolution, like you say, Burnout One. Eh. But you could sort of see that there was something there, whereas now with Dangerous Driving, you could maybe see of um, maybe maybe an improvement there in the same way one and two was and the jump from one and two and even two to three even. Yeah, they're building something. You can see it uh, and you can see they're building, building the engine. Well, they're, they're getting used to the engine. They're using Unreal, but you can see they're, they're, they're getting used to it. Mm-hmm. it's a sensible way right now to build a game with a small studio mm. build the pieces mm. so it's sort of like a jigsaw puzzle in a way yeah build the pieces and hopefully each piece does just well enough for you to be able to afford to build the next piece and then eventually eventually you might have something substantial mm. um, the, I actually just remembered actually as well in terms of burnout anyway there was um Burnout Legends as well. And I yeah. remember just playing that. Like, it's just basically a compilation of Burnout's greatest hits like came out around the same time as Burnout Revenge. But, like, Burnout, um, Burnout Legends was such a good game to play, especially on the um, on the PSP. 
And I think a PS2 version did come out later on, but like playing it on the PSP was just Chef's kiss. It you was. can't see this. You can't see this because like this isn't a video podcast, but like yeah. Chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. Hair day. Yeah, it was. It, it was. It was great. I remember watching the E3 uh, videos at the time, probably on like Gamespot or IGN or something, uh, of 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 Alex Ward uh, when he was talking about Legends, and he had it on his PSP there. And at the time, I was a big PSP fanboy. Um, I had like I, I bought like the Japanese PSP when it came out in Ireland. Like uh, it was shipped from Japan to Ireland. I remember collecting it in AOL out out at reception. And my hands were like shaking when I was opening the box. I was so freaking excited to get a PSP. That thing, that thing was ahead of its time, Johnny. That thing was just a beast. Uh, I played like I got Ridge Racer with it, and it was just like it was like an impossible thing in your hands. And uh, Burnout was a banger on that too, but it wasn't. It's not up at the with the great Burnouts. It ran at thirty frames a second, which mm. really stripped it of a lot of stuff, a lot of good feels. But it, it, it was a commendable version of Burnout. Oh. I fondly remember that. Mm. No, absolutely. No, I, I, I agree with you. That's not up there in the higher echelon, but I would still say it's, I don't know, to put it above Revenge in terms of yeah, yeah. the Burnout That's games fair. list. I don't know. Like, like for me, I don't know. Like, uh, it's just so, like you say, it, it does strip away a bit of the essence of what makes Burnout so good. But in doing so, you still have a really good racer considering the technical limitations of what you can yeah. do on the PSP anyway. So like, I can't really complain too much on no, what no, Burnout no, no. says. I, I played a hell of a lot of that game when it came out. I must, uh, I must get hold of it again, actually, for my, for my PSPs. Um, I, I actually just double-checked, and Burnout Legends did not come out in PS2 because basically that was Burnout Paradise. But like, uh, not Burnout Paradise, Burnout Revenge. Um, Revenge. But but there was a DS version, and that did not... Oh. That was not good, apparently. I have never played that. And, um, I'm not going to. Um, I, I played the Ridge Racer on the DS, and that was not great either, Johnny. <laughs> like, I think... The, the good thing about the PSP is that there was some really good, competent racing games on that. The DS, not so much. Not so much. Uh, PSP got freaking Outrun as well, even like a really good version of Outrun too. Uh, yeah, PSP. PSP got like, it got a motor storm too in the end, I think. It got lots of good games. It did, it did. I don't know. Arctic Rift, I think. Yeah, like I think, um, the no, the, what I was thinking of was uh Moodstorm RC on the Vita. Oh but, yeah, yeah, that was good. But yeah. but there but there was but there was a PSP Moodstorm game. I'm just sort of I think it was out. Arctic Rift. Yeah, Arctic Edge, yeah. Arctic Edge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Arctic Yeah, Arctic Yeah, there you go, Arctic Edge. Yeah. Yeah. It had one. Some people call it Arctic Rift. I guess it was probably re- maybe they had to change the name regionally. No, that's that was Moodstorm Free. That was Moodstorm Pacific Rift. Yeah, that makes sense now. Yeah. Um, no, that was Motorstorm too. Um, Arctic Edge and Arctic. Pacific, so Pacific Rift was the second game, but Apocalypse was the third game, and that was the one that sort of got delayed because of the Japan tsunami. Yeah. So that was the one I remember playing uh, at a uh, EG Expo on a 3D TV, mm. and it, it was the future. Yeah, no, I remember play, um, playing it with. Oh, God, talk about pressure. Like Paul uh, Rosinski 
um, Rushy of Evolution, like next day, I was doing an interview with him uh, on Mood of Storm Hawkups. Yeah. I was just like, this isn't at all intimidating. I'm basically having uh, one of the lead designers <laughs> of the game watching you play this game so awfully. And I had Matt Southern just sort of doing interviews in the background, I think, as well. But he could sort of look over to me and just sort of go, hmm, I wonder how he's doing as well. Yeah. I had uh, I had a similar thing with uh, uh, Split Second. Um, I went to their studio uh, when they were making um, Split Second, and uh, it was before the EG Expo when when they when they demoed the demoed I think for the first time at the EG Expo when they had the the airport track, mm. and uh, I played it in the studio before that. And he handed me the controller and he was like, "Okay, you're like the just the second person in Europe like to play this outside of someone who works in BlackRock." Off you go. Jesus, I was very nervous. Because <laughs> I talked myself up beforehand with like, you know, uh, uh, burnout talk and shit. Like, and now I had to play this other thing. But it, it went fine. And uh, actually, that game went fine too. That, that's also a fine game. It's a good second. I think, I think on that note then, um, like, let's, let's touch upon sort of the arcade racing sort of genre as a whole. Because like, as, around that time as well, you were getting games not just necessarily games like um, Burnout, but you're also getting, excuse me, like games like um, Need for Speed from Criterion. You were getting Split Second. You were getting Blur, like uh, Project Project fucking Gotham Race, mm-hmm. and the, the earlier Forza Horizon games. You know what I did today? I actually, so for as of recording this episode, anyway, like I have, I've been building up um, my collection of first party Xbox racing games. Um, I got brand fucking new copies of Forza Motorsport. I saw of Forza Motorsport two and three, brand fucking new for something like forty pounds. I was just like unopened, unopened. Jack fucking pot, love it, love (laughs) it. But those aren't recent games. Those are some games. So we'll 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 touch upon that. But like, um, I went on Amazon today to just sort of finish up the collection and buy a copy of Forza Motorsport 4. Um, yeah. What I also did as well, because I have copies of Project Gotham Racing 4 on Xbox 360, because that for me feels... If it's not Burnout Par- um, Burn 3, then Burn yeah. uh, Project Gotham Racing 4 is the pinnacle of the arcade racing genre for me. And, That's a fine choice. Um, and I also have Project Gotham Racing 2 on the original Xbox, but I do not have copy of Project Gotham Racing 1 and Project Gotham Racing 3. There may be a copy lying around somewhere, but I cannot find it for the life of me, so I just bought another copy anyway. It was dead cheap anyway, so I just figured, eh, take the bullet. So, um, I think for me, like, that sort of, that sort of, what was, how long was this sort of period on for, like, it was three, four years, a sort of golden period of fantastic arcade racing games, like, PGR four happened. Um, Split second happened. Need for Speed Hot Pursuit happened. Burnout Paradise uh, happened. Um, a lot so, of stuff. Lot Lore of, happened. Lot of good uh, stuff. Even there was even like a second tier of great arcade racers. Shocks came out on a PlayStation two, which was a daft second tier, but it was a good arcade racer. There was the Xbox had several kind of second tier good arcade cum simulation racers. That we don't even talk about anymore. Um, there was a long time when, 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 if you wanted to show off your new shit, you showed it on, you smacked an arcade racer on top of it. 
which is why we had like our PGR as launch titles and our Sony had always had a Ridge Racer as a launch title mm. uh, until recently. Yeah. We didn't even mention Ridge Racer up till now. Oh my God, <laughs> not. <laughs> yeah. Bangers all the way. Like, Those things were. were, were like that three, have... four year period between 2007 and 2011 was just banger after banger after banger of racing games. Yep. And like, like there was yep. the original grid as well. As well, yeah, no, you're right. There was, and there was and Conor McGray Rally was buzzing all the way through. Um, all that rally sport racing, rally sport rally was there, whatever it was called. What's called rally sport, just rally sport. Rally sport two was an amazing uh rally game with an arcade twist. There was so many, but it, we kind of it they all ate each other in the end. Um, it all kind of changed for real that same couple of weeks that split second came out the same couple of weeks as blur came out mm. and they kind of both killed each other and that was kind of the end of the arcade racer uh, as far as like popularity as far as like the number one like the number one thing you gotta have number one thing you're talking about with kids in school and the number one thing you gotta have in your console um, those two true no fault of their own Jesus they're good games um, they kind of that, that, that was when it died now it's changed, you know. It's it's coming back. Um, I'll talk about that in a second, but I feel like we're not giving all these games a fair drift. Like uh, Split Second, if you haven't anybody listening to this, if you haven't played Split Second, you should go get yourself a copy of Split Second and play Split Second because that is a fucking genius game. I uh, I, I, I second that. On, I second that endorsement. Yeah, if I you second. get it on PC, which you can still get it on PC, you can download a patch which you can play it at 60 frames a second. So buy the game and then there's a little tiny patch you can apply to it, which will run it at 60 frames a second. And oh my God, that's a game. Um, Blur, like we mentioned, another wonderful game, uh, which is basically a Mario Kart, but with real cars. Um, and every They basically and like took a, the piss out of Mario Kart in a TV commercial. Um, yeah. <laughs> like that like the, 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 the really sort of... Yeah, like Activision put out this TV commercial of Blur where it just sort of took the piss out of Mario Kart. Racing's not about winning, it's about making friends! Shut it, Pinky! Blur, race like a big boy. Yeah, like, Activision put out this TV commercial of Blur where it just sort of took the piss out of Mario Kart. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Well, it was a Mario Kart. That was a Mario Kart. Uh, with real cars and, and, and too many fireworks. Um, but but there, was, there was nothing wrong with either of those games. Just It was the wrong time. They'd run their course, just like we were about to we were about to run into everybody had to make a rhythm music game and they ran their course and uh, shooters now kind of starting to run their course and it's coming around again and I am so happy it's coming around again like now last week we got the best arcade racer to be released in a long time came out on the switch uh, cruising blast is Jesus it's good Johnny <laughs> It's really good. Uh, it's up there with all those other racers. Um, it shouldn't be. 
if you look at it critically, which I guess you would do, the graphics are, I mean, it's, it looks heinous. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I like it, it runs fine, right? but like the colors are just like, they're randomly picked from sort of a, some child's artwork. And you know, there, there's neon everywhere and there's, uh, and there's, you know, the, the font doesn't fit the rest of the thing. Like the, the, the music is mad, but an earworm, it shouldn't work, but Jesus Christ, that game is good. And, and it's back to the Burnout 2 type of good. It's it's just an arcade racer. It pretends to be nothing else. Uh, I've seen some uh, some uh, people commenting on it saying, oh, it's good, but it hasn't gone online. Fuck off. Like, it, it, it also doesn't sell you flowers or it doesn't make you pizza. Like, it, it's, it's not supposed to have online. It's an arcade racer. And it's fucking good at that. Um, and I miss the days when it, when a game could be just that, you know. Um, I heard some recently. Like I saw a review. I'm not going to say who it was, but it wasn't you. Uh, I saw a review of uh, Cruise Blast, and it was a glowing review from start to finish. And then they gave it like 8.5 or something uh, because they couldn't give it a 9.5 because it's an arcade racer. I nearly hit the roof. <laughs> Oh, you couldn't give it a 9.5 because you don't give arcade ratios 9.5 or, or it doesn't do anything new. Fine. That's stupid. Like, I mean, well, it, there's not, if it does everything perfectly well, then reward it as such. So that, that, that's just a pet peeve of mine. Uh, you rarely see a racing game these days get, get a 9. Sometimes mm. I think it's because of that reason, because it doesn't do anything really new. But, mm. I, th- I think the last racing game I see get a, get nines across the board basically was undeservedly so, admittedly, Forza Horizon Four. Yeah, it, it, very much deservedly so. Very much so. That's mm. a banger. Uh, yeah, that, that that's such a great game. Um, I played. I haven't finished that now, but I played a great deal of that. That that, that game has the uh, the best intro to any any uh, racing game ever. Uh, it may never be beaten. Like. Um, where where you drive through the seasons mm. when you start, it doesn't show you how to, it just in you go, and that's the demo too. You can download a free demo, and that's it. And Jesus, that, that that game is that game is wonderful. Mm. Um, so touching away from arcade racing as a whole, well, not touching away from our arcade racing as a whole. Um, let's let's talk Criterion as a developer um, because like Criterion as a developer yeah. is sort of a, an interesting history behind it anyway because like like you say like, uh, like a, a while back right they, they had games like Airblade and games like Trickstyle and stuff like that there but like their bread and butter was basically racing games essentially from Burnout onwards and like they put out this amazing series of racing games with Burnout all and like they managed to fucking put out an incredible first person shooter between Burnout Revenge and Burnout Paradise in black. And yeah. I feel like we do not do enough justice here if we do not like unreservedly swear literally and here on the fact that black is a fan fucking tastic, brilliant fucking game. Stuart Black, my uh, my uh, invoice will be hitting your inbox for the amount of swears that I just basically provided in terms of praising the game. But in all seriousness, they they put out this amazing first person shooter in black, and then Bird of Paradise came out, and that was they great. Did. 
the hot pursuit came out and that was fantastic um and then burnout crash eh, um and then most wanted came out fantastic rivals with that was co-developed with um ghost and that was when that was when sort of everything sort of started going the other way at least in my eyes anyway because like i feel if you give criterion uh, enough rope and enough runway uh, to do their own project, like as, as a standalone game, like they would with a burnout or a need for speed, like Hot Pursuit or Most Wanted, you have on your hands one of the best studios in the world. And for yeah. them to basically do support for Star Wars Battlefront or Battlefield, I feel like is a great disservice to what Criterion is as a studio. Now, thankfully, thankfully, Criterion is... No, admittedly they are still going. They are still working as a support studio on Battlefield at least this year. But they are doing a brand new Need for Speed game for the first time. By the time it comes out, it'll be the first full Criterion title in about ten years with uh, Most Wanted in twenty twelve. And so, I think wow, it's, it's been that long. It's, I know, I know, I can't believe it myself. Like, I think uh, getting to it, like Criterion's basically been. Say it's been run through the mill would be one thing, but like it's it's amazing to see Criterion finally come back as its own developer. Yeah, I think there's a natural cycle to these things, Johnny. Like you can't stay on top forever, uh, and you can't as their resources opened up to them. Mm. I think they did as good as they could have done. I don't think that we could ever say that Criterion didn't fulfill their um, their potential because they did. And then I think the problem might have been that what do you do after that? Do you know? And it must be hard to continue to push like when when you've made something like Burnout Paradise or, 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 or the great Need for Speed. It must be hard to know where to go next. And it, it must be despite when you're living in this ivory palace funded by this, you know, loads of people have loads of money. It's got to be hard. And I think it was inevitable that things would things would kind of fall apart. Um and stuff would go wrong, but plus, you know, you, their headcount went way up, and it, it it it's hard to it's hard to do anything creative at that scale. We did get some stuff though in 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 the in the bad years. Um, we got that great um, Star Wars. Um, they made the uh, VR Star Wars X Wing thing inside, and yeah. uh, that was that was really good. Um, like to be like I'll get to give credit there. It really was a fucking brilliant showcase of what the PlayStation VR could yeah. do anyway. Yeah, it was. I I have a friend and uh, he uh, he sat in that and he just cried. Like he actually wept <laughs> because because he was like a massive Star Wars fan and and there he was sitting in the freaking cockpit of a of an X wing and he just cried inside his headset before he did anything. <laughs> But that's 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 how good it was. Like, mm. uh, and it, it's really nice and encouraging to see them come back uh, in two in two ways to see the studio come back a bit, and also to see the original guys and girls um, come back uh, on their own way in their own way with tree fields. You know, mm. um, they it, it's a different kind of person. It takes a different kind of person to succeed in a big studio uh, than it does to succeed in a small growing studio. Um, it, it's a different skill set. It's a different uh, set of, 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 of makeup entirely. And it's okay to check out and to go back 
to what you know you're good at. These guys and girls, they they've made they made their money. They've, they've made their big games. Like um, they're they can afford to go and start again and see how it goes at three fields, and and they should if it makes them happy. Yeah, mm. you can draw some parallels to music. You know, like a say I'm just picking a random band. Like say yeah, Metallica. Like they they released their like forty hundred studio album or something. And people will get angry because it doesn't sound like the Black Album. I mean, fuck off. Like, they're not your band. <laughs> they're, I think they're the, best way, the best comparison when you put it like that is just basically saying anger. Yeah, but that that's what they wanted right at the time. You're, they're not your band. <laughs> it's, 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 it's hard when you get to be so successful and so good at something. I, I don't think you can ever possibly, you can ever possibly win that. It's got to burn at some point. Uh, and... And I, I, I think it just burned a criterion eventually, inevitably. Um, but we've seen it. We've seen it burn a lot worse. Um, I, they seem to be all doing okay. Hmm. Um, and I, I will say as well, it's a shame that we never got to see that whole extreme sports game that they were making on. I don't know if that's the right way to describe it, but it's like we got the glimpse of it at E3. What was it? Seven years ago, and then. It was just yeah. basically cancelled, I think, two years later. I think that's a shame we never got more of that. I would have loved to have seen Criterion just sort of do a smaller racing game coming off the back of Need for Speed, basically. I think, um, but like do it in a much more extreme sort of sports style way. Like it was just basically, I think it was just basically the equivalent of what Ubisoft is doing with the crew and um what's the game they're putting out in a few weeks time as we're recording this um you saw um no it's not a recent game but it's an extreme sports game what's the bloody name of it um uh i need to uh, actually no that's not it um uh you can dub it in later yeah, I can double on later. No, yeah. um, no, no. That's it, Johnny. Um, You're right. That's the name. That's the name of it. That is the name of it. No, it's yeah, Riders. It's Riders Republic. That was it. There you that go. was it. Um, like it was just like if EA was basically making a steep or a Riders Republic tied with the crew, basically. That's the best way to sort of describe it. And I wish we'd gotten that, but I mean, I'm genuinely glad to see Criterion finally get enough autonomy to do a proper standalone brand new project again, even if it is need for speed. But at the same time, Criterion has earned the credit that they, they've basically earned enough goodwill from their own need for speed games 10 years ago with Hot Pursuit and Most Wanted yeah. to the point where you could say, this feels a bit disingenuous to say to any other developer who have been making to EA Black Box, basically, uh, who've been making need for speed games since um, 2013. Yeah. And like, like um, yeah, like they're basically EA Gothenburg now again. But like, um, I, I, after, after, after um, Ghosts, um, no, no, what was it, Ghosts? Um, what was it called? Ghost, Ghost Studios, I think it was called. No, no, no uh, yeah, that was the developer. Uh, that was the developer. Yes, 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 you're right. Um, yeah. What was the game I was thinking of? Uh, Rivals, that was it. Um, after Need for Speed yeah. Rivals, I had no real interest in Need for Speed. Like, oh, I, I, I tried, I tried one or two of the games, but I just didn't feel enough interest in it. Now, for the first time in ten years, I'm really interested to see what happens with Need for Speed, how Criterion will do it, and how they will basically make the mark again. 
So I'm I'm I I'm excited. That, uh, I'm excited. I'm excited. Basically. No, no. I, I think EA realized the error of their ways. I mean, well, they're bringing, they're coming back around to make a new Need for Speed game. Criterion. Uh, what happened in the interim? Like the when, the games after the Criterion game, like you say, they slowly, um, slowly, but they want to like slur anybody's name. They were fine games, but mm. it lost. It lost something. Mm. And I think the sales, the sales told that story for mm. sure. And I, I don't think that like um, the whole market for arcade races was 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 poor at the time anyway. So there, there may have been, there may have been no way to save Need for Speed in that time anyway. Mm. It was a lull. The lull is over. The lull, the Criterion lull is over. The Need for Speed lull is over. <laughs> Yes, and I hope the arcade racer. I I hope that the uh, cruise bass is selling well. It seems to be selling well. Um, I hope that uh, I hope Criterion's game does good. Um, I'd love I'd love to make an arcade race someday. Um, but it just it doesn't. It's not, not um it's not feasible for me right now. Um, but I would I would love to do it someday. So hopefully they do become the most popular thing. So I can try and justify that. Mm. Um. So, what else do you like about Burnout Two that we've not really touched upon here tonight? I don't know. Um, there's nothing in particular I like about Burnout Two. Uh, I'm a, I, I, I lo- I'm a big component of feel in games. Um, I think that you should, when you're designing a game, you should know at the very beginning of your process how you want the player to feel when they're playing that game. Um, that sounds very Doctor Phil. Or um, it sounds like I'm trying to sell you a keto diet or something, but I really, truly, 100% believe in that. And everything you do during the course of design, designing and building your game has to come back to that one feeling. And I think Burnout 2, it just was. They just nailed everything about how that game feels to play, how it sounds, how it looks, how it moves. Uh, everything about that was just nailed. And why it why it feels so good and why it hits home with me is because it felt like I thought an arcade race should feel. Um, and that if I'm trying to narrow or nail home anything at all, I'm trying to nail home um, that philosophy of game design that I, I really, really believe in that. That like if if you're building something, you should know how it should feel. You should know how when Johnny sits down to play this game everything on the screen, everything Johnny hears, everything Johnny sees should make Johnny feel X. And if you capture that, the best games all capture that. And it's not just, it's not one thing. It's like, it's the font, it's the music, it's the key that the music is in. It's, it's a thousand little things all culminating together to make, to capture that feeling. And Burnout 2 does that for me. Burnout 2, I feel like it's part of my actual body. Like you all, we all have those games. Like um, Ico is there too. Like Burnout Two is like a third of my heart, and Ico is maybe the, uh, another third of my heart. Or Eco, if you're over this part of the world, um, that's all. I, I, it, it's more than a favorite game. It's like it's a part of me. I'd say. Hmm. Um, what didn't you like about Burnout Two? Jesus, nothing. That sounds stupid. Doesn't that sound ridiculous? Um, but it's true. There's nothing I don't like about Burnout 2. Nothing, nothing's a perfect game. Nothing's a perfect game. Surely there's something. Burnout 2 is a perfect game, Johnny. Let's go. Um, <laughs> honest to God, there's, there's nothing. 
I mean, there really isn't. Um, let me, I, I did, did, no, sorry. Um, it's not too hard. It's not too easy. It's not too short. It's not too long. It's not too loud. It's not too quiet. The graphics are good. The frame rate's perfect. The sound is good. For me, there's nothing wrong with Burnout 2. Mm. Um, what would you change from a design perspective on it if you could? All right. If I could, uh, if I could remake it, I guess. If I could, what I'd change from a design perspective is I, 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 it might not be a better game, uh, but I, I would make it more arcadey. Um, I'd... I'd embrace, I'd love to, then if you gave me free reign with the Burnout 2 code, um, I would love to make an arcade version of Burnout 2. There you go. That's what I would change. I would love to make a, an arcade skew. Uh, so I'd take out the, the progression. I'd uh, have all the tracks open and put in some money, get a race, unlock some cars, unlock some more tracks, come back with the code or whatever, like the newer, uh, the newer Mario, Mario Kart games in the arcade. That's what I would love. That'd be a dream project for me. I was going to ask how you can make it more arcadey, but you literally meant arcadey. <laughs> I did, yeah. Yeah, I'm an arcade racer guy. If I was stupid rich, Johnny, behind me would not be a fake wall uh, with the arcade machines. <laughs> but, uh, I'm not stupid rich. You would basically be that Australian guy who has just basically the room of all the arcade cabinets, basically. Uh, I would, yeah. I, I would. And my children would be like sleeping outside in a tent or something. Uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, so usually I would ask one, maybe two questions on this front, but I'm going to ask three. But I'll start off with the, with the sort of obvious uh, question then. Um, top three burnout games, what would they be? Obviously, two at the top. But yeah, two at, top. Two? Uh, two at the top. Three seconds, paradise, um, third. Yeah, so uh, we were we were we were almost going to come to blows about two and three, but um, it would have been silly because we would have ended up like on the ground, bruised and battered, and just they're two good games. <laughs> two is barely ahead of three, and then uh, Paradise is my is my third burnout favorite. Um, top three Criterion titles: Burnout to top, second and third. There's no Criterion titles that bypass any of my three I've just mentioned, I'm afraid. Oh, so so basically same top three. Yeah, so, I mean, Black is good, but Black's not going to pass out uh, any of those three burnouts I mentioned. Uh, or Airblade, or, or Need for Speeds, no. Hmm. I would have thought Opposite and Most Wanted would give Paradise a little trouble anyway, at least. They would, except I don't dig the bro culture and the neons and stuff, usually. So, um, kind of drove me away from uh, from from the Need for Speed games. Drove me away from hanging around with them too long, the Need for Speed games. Mm. Um, I've never seen a Fast and Furious movie. Um, so there you go. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. I don't know why. It just never, 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 uh, never looked like it was something up my alley, which is stupid, really, because the same guy who'd spend all his money on arcade racers I probably should watch some Fast and Furious movies. Um, as long as you don't go and thinking they are Oscar-worthy movies, or you're not worried about it, about how how long the jump is between the ramp and the shark, you're fine. <laughs> if you go with that mindset, you're fine. Yeah. Um, 
and top three arcade racing games. I feel like that will give you a bit more of a head scratch oh, yeah. than anything. So obviously, two Burnout two at the top. Burnout two at the top. Daytona. Burnout two at the top. Daytona two second easily. Uh, Daytona two is a piece of Sega majesty, and uh, the third one is 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 Elrond two. Mm. Actually, all the twos. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm all the twos. Burnout two one. Daytona two second, and then third. Uh, they got to put your outrun two in there because that's probably the one of the best sequels of all time. Uh, considering like where they went from with outrun one to outrun two, hmm. and outrun two is still wonderful if you can get your hands on it. Uh, it still works. It still works getting a hold of. You can get it on a uh, PlayStation three, PlayStation two, and Xbox. Some PlayStation, yeah, I don't think it's still an Xbox 360, but it's available in, in lots of different places. The mm. PSP version is the worst version of Outrun 2, so if you can, I get it on a big bite. So I think I have an Xbox copy of Outrun 2 on my shelves, and I don't know if that's backwards compatible on Xbox 360, is it? You should check because some versions of the Xbox version, the original Xbox version of Outrun 2, go for stupid money. Hundreds. That- I think I, I think I got my copy for about five quid and see yet. You should check because uh, there's there's three different versions. And if you have one of the SP versions, then it's a good time. Yeah, it doesn't seem to be there. So um, I know it's from four years ago. So, so yeah, I think I can only play Outrun 2 on an Xbox 360 um, rather than an Xbox One. So if, if I could play it on Xbox One, then I could basically play it on an Xbox Series X. But I can't. You can't. No, there's a in my living room up there where mm. I live with my poor family, um, underneath the main telly, the main uh, the main telly where we all watch our, our shows and whatnot. There sits an Xbox One, original Xbox One, and it's only there to play Outrun Two and Halo Two. There's mm. no other reason why that's there. Um, me and the girls play a good bit of Halo Two multiplayer, and uh, I regularly play some Outrun Two. On it. Wait, so you can play <clears throat> so you can play Outrun 2 on Xbox One? Yep, original Xbox One, not the Yeah, no, that place, no, that basically means I can play Outrun 2 on Xbox Series X. Uh, it dep- I don't know if it's backward compatible with it. I don't know if it's one of That's those that, I mean, ones. Like, if you're playing Outrun 2 on an Xbox One, yeah, I am. Then th- that's the original Xbox version you're playing, right? I'm playing it on an original Xbox though. I'm playing it on a big old green Xbox. Oh, right, 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 right. So I thought you meant Xbox One, Xbox One, not, no, no. not the it's, original Xbox One. It, there's an OG Xbox up there under the telly, and that's oh, okay, 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 Halo right. 2 and Outrun 2. Gotcha now, gotcha now, gotcha now. Everything makes crystal clear sense now. God damn it, Microsoft, your new conventions are fucking shit. Your services and games are good. But your name yeah. conventions are shit. They are. The services are pretty freaking amazing. Um, that is some offering. That is that's some amazing value for money. Really is like blowing the doors off. If you have a PC as well, like you have it too. So I can't say enough good things about Game Pass.
Yes, honorable mentions. Go for it. Well, we've talked about a lot of it. Okay, so uh, the arcade racer front, I'm just going to name them. We've already touched on most of them. Um, you got your Sega rallies. We've, we've, we've briefly talked about uh, Sega Rally 2 is just a wonderful, amazing, fantastic, still to be beaten arcade rally game. Um, you got your Daytonas, your Daytona 1, which is your pretty good Daytona, and Daytona 2, which is just woo, amazing. Uh, we talked about Split Seconds, which is like a more kind of modern, modern day, you can still play it today. Um, wonderful arcade racer. All those that uh, touched on, we touched on Need for Speed. I'm trying to see if we forgot any actual franchises and stuff. We did. We didn't mention Conor McRae at all, really. Conor McRae uh, in the middle years of, say, Conor McRae 2 and 3 and 4, they delved into arcade racing. Um, they, uh, that was definitely less of a simulation and more of an arcade rally game for a good while until it hit dirt and, uh, and got more, more, um, more simulation-based. Um, they were great games, really great games. And uh, other honorable mentions for games Shane likes to play is um, those, some of those dark games are pretty good. Some of the dark games are pretty damn good. Um, some of those grid games are really good. Now that we, we briefly talked about that. Cody's in general make good games, really. Um, if I was to go on a podcast and talk about non-racing games, I would Like you talk- are right now? Like I am right now, I would talk for hours about uh, Ico or Eco and Shadow of the Colossus. Those two games, Johnny, fuck. I mean, like Jesus Christ, they're 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 pieces of religion. Like they're they're just they're just majesty. Um, and I love how you just basically said they're religious games, and I could not agree more. Especially Shadow of the Colossus and yeah. the Last Guardian for me, anyway. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know from following on Twitter, you. You really love the Last Guardian. Well, I tell you that this is this is a true story. This is how how religious Ico or Eco was and and Shadow was for me. Um, I'm a like a game designer. I consider myself a game designer, and like this, that is just their religion to me. Those games are just like so amazing in, in many different ways, and I love those games so much that when the Last Guardian came out, I didn't play it for years. I bought it on launch day. I didn't play it for years because I was terrified it wouldn't be good. And I booted it many times and I just couldn't bring myself to play it because I was so fucking scared that I would be let down because I invested so much in those other two games. And uh, only like like five years later, I got around to actually playing it and enjoyed it. Mm. And it wasn't as good as the other two games, but it's still a really good game. Hmm. Uh, but that's how much I, I, I loved um, uh, Shadow of the Colossus that I couldn't bring myself to play the follow-up. Like that, that, That's how like stupidly invested in games I get. <laughs> uh, but those, so those are, those are two uh, uh, definite like non, non-racing games I could talk for hours about. And then I do like a bit of Halo. I do. I do really like a bit of Halo. Not 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 so much recent Halos, but your Halo ones, your twos, and your threes are were, were great fun. I've played hundreds of hours of Halo with my daughters, which is maybe why I why why I like Halo. All uh, all all my daughters are um are, are gamers. They they uh we fairly regularly we we play we play games against each other, and they beat me all the time. We're we're kind of a gaming family, which is like a joy to me, obviously, because. I'm a gamer. And then back to races again. Uh, if this is my desert island games to bring with me to the island, I'd have to bring a Mario Kart. 
We didn't mention Mario Kart. No, we have not. I'd have to bring a Mario Kart because damn good games. Uh, I'd probably bring the Switch, the Deluxe Mario Kart 8 because mm. it's really good. Really good, really is. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, so top three games ever, what would they be? Burn it two at the top, what would be two and three? Two or three, um, two and three would be, um, gosh, you're gonna make me pick between Ico and uh, Shadow now. Um, all right, I'm picking Shadow, so two would be Shadow, so Shadow to Colossus, um. And then three would be Sonic 2. Sonic 2? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Why, 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 why? Give me a reason why. Um, because it reminds me of a time when I was young and was discovering consoles. And uh, that was the first game that blew my freaking brain off at how it wasn't Mario. Like it was the Sonic uh, at just how fluid and quick and uh, it was like being on, in a fairground and like being on a wheel, like for uh, infinitely, like that thing moved so goddamn quick for the time. And it felt so, just so good. It felt so good for the time. The dynamics and the controls were all locked in. It, it looked spectacular, ran spectacular. And it's, it's one of the best platform games ever made. Sonic 2, I would say. Sure, Mario is probably, Super Mario is, like a better a better platform game, but um, for me, Sonic always felt better as far as speed and um, I guess it's I like arcade racers, so I also like my platform games fast and free and loose. I almost said something I regret there, um, but yeah. And one last note that I'm sort of curious on because you mentioned Shadow Class as this sort of yeah. second game, um, and you mentioned sort of the apprehension you had playing the Last Guardian like coming off the back of Shadow of Colossus, was there any such apprehension when you played Blue Points Remake, if you played Blue Points Remake? That's a good question. And I have played a remake. And there wasn't. There wasn't because those guys do good work. Mm-hmm. I really felt like, I felt like it was in good hands. Those guys have always done good work. And uh, aren't they bringing out their own game now? They are, bringing are, out, they are bringing out their own game as of recording this. Last week, Sony announced that they have bought Bluepoint Games, officially mm-hmm. bringing them into the first party fold, and basically bringing an end to what is referring to now these days in the dating scene as the sort of uh, talking <laughs> phase, basically. <laughs> they put a ring on it now, Shane. They put a ring on it. Yeah, Bluepoint is now part of Sony. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, no, yeah, no. I wasn't. I wasn't worried about Blue Point because um, they've always done great work. And, and anyway, it's not like they could ruin my memory of Shadow because I'd already played Shadow. And uh, the, the thing about um, uh, the Guardian is that I I hadn't played it yet, and I was just mm. worried it would it would let me down. Mm. Well, which that's... is stupid, which is ridiculous, but you know. <laughs> no, that's fair. That's totally yeah. fair. That's totally yeah. fair.
where you can find me is you can find me you can find me on Twitter um, at eg vroom, which is a uh, amalgamation of my Eurogamer days. So the eg actually stands for Eurogamer because I was hanging out in the forum when I when I created that Twitter, and the vroom stands for I like driving games. I like driving games. I'm, I'm always vroom. So you can find me on, on Twitter, eg vroom. Um, I make video games uh, with uh, uh, with a partner of mine, uh, Jim, uh, under the uh, moniker of Rocketship Park. Um, we recently released a game for uh, multiple platforms called Love, uh, which you can pick up now. Currently, you can pick it up on uh, Apple Arcade. Not Apple Arcade, Jesus, no. You can pick it up on, on iOS, Android, uh, PC, Mac, Switch, and soon to be other places too. Um, recently, it was like this week, it was Apple nominated as the game of the day in the US. And uh, we also got nominated for a Canadian Screen Award this year, which is pretty cool. Um, if it wasn't for COVID, I would have actually gotten to walk down a freaking carpet with famous people, uh, actors. I would have almost definitely made a show of myself because. I guarantee it would have been a free bar and I would have been coming off like two years of COVID. <laughs> free bar, red carpet, famous people. It's probably just as well. Um, so love, love, love has done well. And if you haven't checked it out yet, you should, you should, you should give it a look at least. It's, a, it's an emotional puzzle game about, um, about love. Thanks for listening to My Favourite Game, a podcast by PlayDiaries.com where people from the games industry come on to talk of their favourite game. If you want to listen to future episodes of My Favourite Game, as well as press play before they go live publicly on PlayDiaries and other podcast platforms, please consider becoming a $2 tier podcast early access patron to your Patreon at patreon.com slash playdiaries. Next week, Vicky Potts on Pets. You heard me. Until next week. Bye-bye.